fake facts from the geek out heroes real fake fact the irish came up with saint patty's day because for some reason they felt like they needed an excuse to drink <laughs> and since everybody else wanted it on it they all decided you know what if i wear green then i'm irish and i can drink so everybody's irish on saint pat's except for me i'm fucking scottish you, you ever say anything <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. Miles. <laughs> Miles. <laughs> top of the morning to you. I have been gone for quite some time. I apologize, but uh, between being forced into Amish lifestyle and uh, <laughs> being sick, <laughs> yeah, just not really capable of being on. Yeah, and listeners, I actually did do a recording where it was just me. Uh, I don't know if I'll actually ever post it because we might actually just do a recap since Miles is here to actually talk about it. Uh, destiny and we've spent a little more time with it really quick listeners to get this out of the way since we're going to be talking about destiny is uh sadly uh the news hit this week that uh lance reddick has passed away uh at 60 years old uh haven't heard anything beyond the fact that it it seems like it's natural causes i didn't even realize he was 60 years old that man looked really good for his age yeah uh not to say there are other 60 years old six year olds that look amazing for their age but yeah, dude, that guy did not look 60. No, not at all. Uh, our condolences to his family, and uh, it's a big hit for a lot of Destiny fans because he was the voice of Zavala. Now, regardless of how you may have felt about Zavala, there are plenty of personal opinions with, <laughs> within our group on on Zavala, the character and himself. That iconic voice, uh, Lance Reddick's voice, is, is definitely going to be missed because that guy has, like, there there's a presence about him. Absolutely. Whether it's in his voice acting or or his his actual live action acting that's kind of gave him this uh aura of like this is somebody to be listened to this is somebody that's in, that's got some gravitas. importance yeah gravitas to him so that made him plus you know plus the fact that he had you know a tremendous acting talent uh on his own that kind of made him where you're like all right you know when he was in something you kind of go okay I'm I'm willing to give it a shot if he's in it yeah. he's one of those kind of actors so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're thankfully he, you know, he's, he's in John wick four, so we'll see him in there. Uh, but I'm curious what, uh, what Bungie's going to end up doing for him, uh, for his character and how they're going to proceed, uh, going forward, whether or not they're going to, they're going to end up killing off Zavala in some grandiose way. Uh, it, I mean, it sounds bad, but I, I kind of hope they do. 
Yeah, like, yeah. like you said, we don't really, we've never really cared for his character all yeah. that much. Like once again, I mean, voice actor, great. Yeah, his delivery, great. Just the character itself was fucking terrible. Yeah, the character, the character uh, doesn't, the character's not made up by the actor, right? In this case, like you, you couldn't say, you know, Lance Reddick is Zavala. Well, no, no, Zavala is nothing without Lance yeah, Reddick. I mean, and like you said, this it's an iconic voice. So there's no replacing him. No. And while we don't know how much dialogue they've had him record, I doubt it's that far out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's one of those, like, I don't think it's necessarily a band-aid situation. Like, you need to do it right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think eventually they, they really need to and, you know, move on from it. Yeah, so uh, a lot of uh, Destiny 2 players went online uh, just to go pay their respects and, you know, sat down, kneeled in front of uh, in front of Zavala just, you know, for taking a moment of silence just to say goodbye to the actor. He He's played some really iconic roles for me. He was in Fringe with uh, Joshua Jackson. And uh, I mean, he, he played a role in that, like. The the reason why I like this character so much in that is because he started out as one of like one of the greatest red herrings in that show of you didn't really know if you could fully trust him. And he has, like you said, he he commands respect in any role that yeah. he's in. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know if this guy's on our side or not. And the way he played that role was phenomenal. It can exude some some menace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like uh, uh, Idris Elba. Like, yeah. fantastic yeah. voice. But if he wants to sound questionable or evil i mean it's almost natural yeah it, it can come out naturally and it comes across as like oh i don't know if i can actually trust this person yeah, yeah. so he he was able to do that in that show and started out as like one a, a great red herring when the main character is sitting there going i don't know if i can trust anyone or who i can trust it, it's a great show listeners if you've if you've never watched fringe i highly recommend it um even when to make movies that i've never really known like never didn't know that he was going to be in or even uh games or uh, animations or something like that, you know, anything that he's done voice acting for him or for him, just like, holy shit, he's instantly like, you can instantly pick it out. Like, I know exactly who that is. It's, you know, it's definitely a loss for <laughs> everyone else. The ghost train guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a loss for everyone. Uh, yeah. So, uh, especially his own family. Um, but yeah. Uh, so a bunch of us went on, went on to destiny to, to pay our respects. And, uh, we did that. And I was like, you know, I sat there, I told the guys, I was like, I was like, I hated Zavala listeners. I hated Zavala. <laughs> I was like, but Lance had a lot or committed a lot of my respects. So, um, just for the job that he did. So, uh, we'll see what they do for him or, or, or what they end up having. And I'm hoping that they kind of have it where Zavala goes out like a boss and kind of does that redeeming fact has that redemption for his character because I, I'm sorry, listeners. Like I, I've thought Zavala has been just a chump and uh, just nothing, nothing more than just all talk, no action, for the oh, yeah. longest of times. Uh, ever since what ha- ever since what happened with Forsaken, uh, ever since you know Cade's the whole thing with Cade Six. Like I was just like, man, he's just been like all talk, no action, just doesn't do anything. And uh, I'd like to see them kind of have him go out like a just go out like a bamf. And uh, do it where either he's, you know, saving a bunch of us or, do, you know, tries to do something to, to buy everybody time, you know, any, anything to, to try and make him make that impact a little more uh, special. Sometimes people say, well, if you kill him off, 
that's just being disrespectful because you know their character shouldn't have to die just because they did and i'm like well it's it's a two-way street like you could either say it's disrespectful to do that or it's disrespectful to replace them or try to replace them with somebody else yeah so uh you know what do you do at that point do you just kind of write them off and don't ever use them again well that'd be just kind of awkward considering he's literally the head the the leader of the titans <laughs> yeah he's head, head of the vanguard yeah it's kind of hard to kind of <clears throat> hard to to look past that so we'll see what happens um yeah. moving flies forward. towards uh flies towards the witness and equips more than one exotic <laughs> ends up having three exotics at once and actually tries to go supernova uh, to kill that guy trying to bring back that he was the he was one of the best of us kind of deal go through yeah you know it'd be uh an entertaining idea in my head i don't know how you'd you'd go about it but uh essentially turn him into an exo you know whether it's like some sort of accident and that's the only way he can survive live yeah. on right yeah. but somehow because of doing that Cade also gets put into the same exo unit so oh they're just sitting there bickering inside the same <laughs> body. But that would require more dialogue. And I mean, you could change the, the voices, though, because you're changing from a. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, the. Uh, Awoken. Awoken. Yeah. I was yeah. like, enlightened. No, that's not it. <laughs> the Awoken to an XO. Like, yeah. You could change the voice. But yeah. Uh, but that would also create, you know, I would, I would also make the argument, but that would also, you know, require a little more uh, creativity. And yeah. that's something that I think severely lacks at Bungie. And um, I, listeners, I'm sorry. I'm not going to kiss the proverbial ass of, of anyone at Bungie just because they're at Bungie. Um, now, granted, I'm not going to go out there and be like some of the other people out there who have been making threats to developers and shit like that because they don't like Lightfall. I mean, on one hand, I can understand people saying things hyperbolically and being upset over uh, the game and everything. But at the same time, you know, you got to be careful about what you text to people because your your text doesn't convey tone. And you could be saying something incriminating. Yeah. Life is bigger than the media that you intake. <laughs> right. In my opinion, Bungie should press charges to anyone who, who does that shit. And that should be true yeah, yeah. for anyone, any, in my opinion, anyone on, on, on any kind of social media. When people threaten you, you should absolutely be pressing charges. It's against the law. That's not protected speech. And like I said, in some cases it's just hyperbolic. People saying things like, ah, die in a fire, shit like that. <laughs> I mean, it's hyperbolic. I, I get it. They're not really threatening people, but people take that shit like pretty seriously when it's texted to them. I think this is true for most of the world. I think a lot of I think a lot of people in the world are really fucking soft. So and it's an it's a natural human reaction to be immediately offended when you see something in text versus hearing it in tone. From someone you know somebody insults you in text and you you for some reason take it more personally than you do when if you heard it directly from their mouth of somebody saying fuck you it's, it's weird i know but that's just the way things are but anyways there there are some people who have been very pissed off and been doing that stuff and yeah i get it you're mad about the the dlc i'm mad about the dlc i feel like lightfall was a waste of my money and a waste of my time uh it feels to me like it is just a stepping stone towards more seasonal content and seasonal content feels like a stepping is supposed to be a stepping stone towards actual expansions. And this doesn't feel like an expansion. Right. So I get it. I, I know why you guys are mad and I'm, I'm with you on, on being mad about it. I don't think that uh, Bungie has helped solidify the, anything past the idea of 
they're just writing by the seat of their pants and making up shit as they go along. I still think that. I think that a lot of credit, too much credit is given to them because of, and and keep in mind, listeners, I'm not calling somebody out for this. I, I, I respect people a lot, especially who do things like this, like my name is Bife, the Lord Daddy himself. I mean, this guy actually goes through every single piece of lore that's ever been put in destiny and puts it together so that we can understand it better. And so that we hear all the stories because who the fuck wants to go through every goddamn grimoire card? Who the fuck wants to go through every fucking weapon, reading all the lore to piece this stuff together? Well, we don't, but he does that for us. And if listeners, if you haven't been listening to uh, my name is Bife, you absolutely should check out his channel. Um, It's absolutely worth your time. It it proves that there is actual deep lore in Destiny. It's just not used, <laughs> unfortunately. It's not shown to yeah. us. Yeah, I think the most reading I've done in a game lately was yeah. Hogwarts Legacy. And yeah, it's not a lot of reading. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of reading, but yeah, I get it. Um so yeah, I mean, uh, but I think that at the same time, my you know, my name is people like my name is Bife and and uh you know even uh skill up and stuff like that. They give too much credit to the narrative staff because there's a difference between narrative and there's a difference between lore. And while Destiny has a deep lore in it and it is all there, you just have to really find it, and that's the problem, is you have to find it. In order to in order to understand all of Destiny, in order to hear all of the lore of Destiny and understand that there's actually a deep lore to it, you have to go and find it. That's kind of shit. I don't have to go and read the Similarian to understand Lord of the Rings. Right. It's not a requirement. I just have to read Lord of the Rings. So why is it that the Destiny cannot get past the fact that they have terrible narration? Wonderful lore. Wonderful lore. Terrible narration. They have absolutely terrible narration. They have for years. The best narration we've seen from Destiny was the Taken King and now the Witch Queen kind of goes along with that of of giving you a full narrative story of actually giving you a here's here. This is here. This is why we have to do this. This is what's happening. This is what took place. You know, in launch Destiny 2 had that kind of narrative too. But again, after several DLCs, it just gets lost. The Witch Queen was the first time since the Taken King that I have felt like uh, I should say Aside from from Destiny 2 Vanilla, the, the vanilla campaign when it first started, where I felt like I got a complete beginning and end to a story where I went, holy shit, that was cool. And I went, this makes sense. That's a problem when I look through the other DLCs and I go, a lot of this doesn't make sense. It, it's even true with Forsaken and Forsaken has a beginning and an end and an end and end. It's pretty cut and dry of Forsaken's mostly about you're going to go in, you're going to, you're going to get revenge for Cade. And that story is complete. It's pretty satisfying even. However, there is a fact of like, there's other things going on that you don't fully understand, like Aldrin and uh, the scorn. Where the fuck did the scorn come from? How are they created and stuff? If you want to know that stuff, you have to go in and go and find the lore. Again, missing narration, missing story. You have to go in and find the lore that tells you this stuff. Well, that's kind of shit. Because instead, we end up with more questions than answers. And the Witch Queen actually created questions and gave us answers. I don't need to find the lore in Halo in order to understand Halo. So why am I constantly having to do that with Destiny? Well, I appreciate what Bife does. He gives me the background lore, and that's great. But I shouldn't have to have him to explain the story to me. I should have already experienced that. And when I'm done with a season, or when I'm done with a DLC... I shouldn't feel like I missed out on something. Right. That's a failure of the narrative. 
And for some reason, it feels like it happens more often than not. Unfortunately, with Destiny, a lot of times you have to go in and find the lore for each thing, every weapon, stuff like that, in order to understand why do the why do the clouds why are the cloud striders even a thing? Why do they exist? Why is uh, there only two of them in the entire the entirety of uh, Neo Muna to protect everyone? Where are all the citizens? Oh, the citizens are all digital. Okay, that the, when you when they said the citizens are all digital, that's a that's a that's a throwaway. That was literally just like a throwaway line of like, oh, you know, we have all these digital citizens, and that was about it. You're like, okay, there's no explanation as to why the people are living their lives digitally. There's no explanation as to why it looks like a completely vacant metropolis that should be bustling with with at least some sort some form of life. Um, people in the streets fighting, even though you have a newscast that says all people are being, you know, being told to mobilize and, and, uh, you know, <laughs> militarize themselves in order to fight for the fight for the city. You look around, there's nobody there. There's nobody fucking there doing anything. Everybody's still f- apparently having dinner in the, uh, you know, the VR rooms. <laughs> well, they're, they're living in a battle Royale. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all playing Fortnite something or something. And all you see is their little, uh, you know, little digital sprites, uh vaguely around the city and that's supposed to represent how many people are in the city You're like this is kind of crap this is yeah, bad idea like this is bad design it feels like a cop-out absolutely so when it comes to lightfall you have this massively short campaign that doesn't explain anything that doesn't actually give you any kind of new information by the time you're done and the only way we can get more information and more lore is by waiting for the raid to finish and then after the raids finish which most of us can't even fucking play by the way because we can't get we can't get six person teams so we have to go to places like mine is you know my name is bife well bife explains it and while you sit there and go wow this actually does have some deep lore there's actually some story to this I shouldn't have to go to mine is to, to Bife in order to get that all the time. I shouldn't have to go outside of the game in order to get the full narrative of what you're trying to show me. There should be a complete story here, and there's no complete story here. Instead, you're left with a lot of unanswered questions that you just sit there and go, why is Callus or what is Callus's motivations with the witness now? Why has it changed so drastically from what we knew about him before? Bungie completely abandons Callus's entire uh, persona and his his motivations, you know, almost completely just to become, I'm the greatest girl scout in the world for the witness and look at all my merit badges. Right. There's no explanation for it. There's no, other than the fact that he just wants to continue to have pleasure and be important. And you know, what the fuck was that? And then to have him go out on just a regular mission, the way he does in the campaign, it was just kind of, it felt so lackluster. And the thing is like getting back to like why I brought up skill up, why I brought up uh Bife, you know, Bife, skill up, Cacus, uh, Detto, like anytime they talk up destiny, it always feels like they're making excuses for Bungie and why they do the things they do. But I like, I, I do want to point out, like, I know that they do hold the, you know, hold their feet to the fire when they need to sometimes, which we all appreciate because they have a voice. At the same time, I feel like a lot of the times they make just excuses for Bungie. And Bungie doesn't need need excuses. If they wanted it done right the first time, they should have just done it right then. And when you hear excuses for Bungie, like, oh, well, they're going to make another mission later that's free that's going to tie in with the campaign. I shouldn't have to come back for another mission later that's free, that's part of the season, but part of the campaign, and everyone gets to play it. 
that's crap. That's just an excuse. What can we do to string along our people even further? That's exactly how it feels. On top of that, you have this difficulty increase, and the difficulty increase has made it where it's just not fun to play. And while listeners, I know not everybody's like us. I know there are plenty of you guys out there that are complete badasses, and we respect the hell out of you because you needed something that's more challenging. But think about games throughout the years. There have been plenty of open world games and co-op games where you can have a different difficulty than the people you're playing with. Where somebody who's playing on easy can play with somebody who's playing on hard, and it's much more difficult for the person on hard than it is the person on easy, but you're both in the same world. Why? Well, because either enemies, if you're going to do the bullet, bullet spongy thing, either enemies are more bullet spongy or they're less bullet spongy for, for other people. It, it doesn't seem that hard when the, the biggest thing that's happening in the game to make things more difficult is they're nerfing the shit out of you and boosting their, their enemies. So I don't understand why you can't have different difficulty settings in an open world with different players when it's been done before. But apparently Bungie's, Bungie's whole theory is, well, we need a catch-all. We need, we need a increase in difficulty by making things far more bullet spongy. And we need to make sure that we've nerfed guardians enough so that they can't feel like they're gods, regardless of how hard they push themselves. Which is why the majority of the time when you're playing the game, everything's 20, you know, at least 20 power level above you forever. You know, if you're done with the campaign and you start going into the, into the open world and you're hitting things and it says immune, that's a problem. How are you supposed to increase your power level if you can't kill anything? If you can't get any rewards, just replaying the campaign over and over. Yeah. Is, is that the solution? Replaying the campaign over and over? Cause we can't figure it out. Like it, let's just, I realize there, the, yeah, there are other avenues and listeners, uh, most of us in, in, in our group are, are good enough to continue playing with one another. But I mean, there are points where I'm just like, I'm just not having fun. Cause I feel like I'm getting sh- my shit pushed in because I can't do the switching to new armor with, especially with the new mod system, the new mod system, I think is trash. It's, it's oh, been streamlined yeah. to the Absolutely. point. Yeah. It's been streamlined to the point where it's like, we <clears> wanted to make it easier, but by making it easier, we made it less effective. Yeah, uh, they they definitely handicapped the shit out of us with that. Yeah, um, at least so far. I mean, down the road yeah. maybe it'll be better than it than we Hopefully had. But will. yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's not difficult to the point where I don't you know I I don't appreciate having a challenge. I appreciate having a challenge, but when I'm getting my shit pushed in constantly and my my team's having to revive me, I eventually get to the point where I'm just saying I don't want to play anymore because I feel like I'm a detriment to my player to my to my team. I'm a detriment to the to the guys around me. I'm not helping. I'm actually making it worse. So I might as well just stop playing. And that's how I feel. <laughs> it might not be the case, but it's how I feel. And it's I like, get that. Yeah. Yeah. This this came about I don't know four missions <laughs> or so after uh, I fell to my death like fucking six seven times in a row while Fargo's going on and continuing the campaign. <laughs> yeah. I'm like God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, that was just a weird, that was weird though. That was a strange, strange bit going on with Strand. I don't know what the fuck was the, what the deal was. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's cool to have that ability, but the problem is you have that ability with destiny physics and, uh, yeah, destiny physics are not forgiving when you're a pinball and, uh, you're flying around the map. I mean, it's, it's only so many ways it can end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's. 
that's the truth. And <laughs> it's kind of hard. It's hard to nail down just one thing that's, that's causing a problem for everybody. And while there are some people, the, the, uh, what's his name? I can never remember his name. I'm sorry. From skill up when he, when he talks about the game, like he still has a mad love for it. And I respect the fact that he enjoys the game immensely. I'm not in that same hole, you know, that I love their game because I'm willing to give it a much more critical eye because of all the shit that I've gone through since destiny one. And I feel like we're back to destiny one. And that's the biggest problem. I thought we were making progress with destiny two. I thought destiny two was kind of pulling themselves out of that funk of not knowing what to do. And now after, after Lightfall, and seeing how that story was treated, seeing how the narrative was treated in this, how going into this, I I'm not having fun anymore. It doesn't feel, it doesn't just feel like a challenge. It just feels like I'm a detriment to, to my fellow players. I mean, there's one thing to be said for rising to a challenge listeners. I've played Elden ring. I've been playing dark souls. You kind of learn how to get better at the game. In this case, I feel like I'm just, I'm being punished for liking the way I played before and not adapting to how they want me to play now, but I don't want to adapt to how they want me to play. I want to be able to play how I've been playing destiny and having fun, but I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I mean, I, I thought that all that time, like I had earned the right to be considered a guardian and be considered, you know, almost otherworldly, like looked up upon them, like, oh, these guys are the heroes and, and they're, you know, they've got all these skills and stuff like that. And, you know, most, most common enemies, you know, aren't going to hold a candle to them. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm gearing myself up to face the bosses, not the main, not the, not the, not the mobs, but now the mobs are the problem. And I can't even, I can't even come close to a lot of them. I'm getting one shotted by shit. And I'm like, man, I, th- I thought I kind of earned the right to, to be able to kind of walk, walk like a God for a bit. No, I had noticed over the past couple, I don't know, expansions or seasons at the very least that they were relying more and more on, on calling out that, Oh, well, you know, guardians just don't die. Like not that we're powerful. Yeah. Not that we're not that we can accomplish things that nobody else can No, that we can, we can die again and again and again. Yeah. It's that we're more. So you're you're turning right. us into a roguelite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's basically what it is. And uh, just without losing <laughs> your shit. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Like you know, I'm I'm not willing to give the give Bungie the benefit of the doubt because of how you know when you when you heard old stories from, and I do have to I do have to give credit to the fact that you know uh, skill up the, he is critical where 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 he sees things as a problem. He's not going to, he's not just going to hand him like, oh, you guys did a great job. He's not just like a super fan of like, just like loves everything they do. He does, he does give him a critique of like what he sees. And he does call out the fact that he hear what he hears from the community as well. I, you know, hats off to him for that. There are plenty of reviewers out there that would completely ignore that shit and just kiss the ass of Bungie. But I find it hard to give any kind of credit to Bungie, even when they do do stuff right, because I get burned every time. And I see so many problems that never get fixed or, uh, or seemingly never get addressed or they go right fair. back to. Um, <laughs> I, while I, I can't uh, relate to it because it's, it hasn't happened, but uh, yeah, you know, people like skill up and my name is Bife. Uh, that's the heart and soul of their content. Typically. Yeah. Is those, those kinds of uh, 
games, especially Destiny. Yeah. And so I can kind of see uh, their their reasoning behind it. You, you go soft on the thing that makes you money. Yeah, I mean, you go soft on the thing that makes you money. Also, they they try to see they try to see the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I can, they don't want to they don't want to uh, self sacrifice yeah. that that badly. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I understand it. Like I said, I can't relate to it. You know, I I'd like to say that you know I <laughs> I give anybody a lift no matter what, but somebody's paying me substantially. Not that they're getting paid substantially, but if somebody's paying me substantially. Chance that I'll say whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Just to be clear, Miles isn't saying that they're making money directly from them. Mm-hmm. I see what's happening with Destiny right now, and I see what we went through with Destiny One, and I feel like we're back in the same place. Of you hear statements from the original, the original directors for Destiny, and they made statements, crazy, like fu- fucking crazy statements, saying that, oh well, when we were going through with the Exo Stranger, we thought that her story was done the moment she gave you her gun. We had no answers for her. We had no reasoning for why she was there or what even took place with her. And yet that was, that was good enough. She just gives you her gun and walked off. And this was the original destiny listeners. And we were like, I, I heard that shit. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Th- that's insane to think that. Yeah. That that's fucking crazy to sit there and be like, yeah, we're done with her story. We don't even know who the fuck she was. Yeah, how this yeah, crazy, they, presumably powerful, time traveling, you know, EXO. Yeah, like who the fuck is this? Why are they here? You know, Why are what they was here? The motivation. Yeah, yeah. Now, thankfully, listeners, Destiny or Bungie did change that. They they brought her back and they 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 continued that story. Thankfully, I'm really grateful for for that because I would I'm glad I actually have more of a story of like who else he is that she has a fucking name, <laughs> not just EXO Stranger. Um. Okay, well, you look back at, at what happened with Destiny, and with Destiny One, like they even admitted the fact that the developers, the original developers, pointed out the fact that they didn't even know who what the darkness was. They just kept calling it the darkness, and eventually, the narrative team decided, okay, so since we can't agree on what this is or what this will be, and we have no clue, we're just going to try and change the narration so that it's just all all of your enemies are the darkness. It's a conglomerative thing of like, oh, we just call it the darkness because it's all it's everything at once. And that's the biggest fucking cop out I had ever heard of. I was like, that is the, that is the worst idea ever. But now we have a name for the darkness. Now we have the witness we have. We know what, what the traveler has been running from the entire time. It's not just been uh, just, you know, everything else we've been fighting. It's actually an entity that's been chasing this fucking thing forever and has otherworldly powers. We have no fucking clue how. Now, with that said, it's now back to you guys didn't know what this was. It now feels again because we had no, we have no further explanation. We have no idea what the fucking veil was, why the veil, why the veil even exists. The narration goes from you need to find the veil because the veil frightens the witness to the witness just steals the veil and takes it and uses it. But what the fuck was it? What was what, what? What were you trying to get? A space butthole? What is it? We don't know. We have no fucking clue. Why is the witness able to take over our ghost? Why is like why is this even a thing? None of this is explained. We're talking about a a, a game that should have been a DLC expansion that should have felt like the Infinity War of Destiny. It should have felt epic. It should have felt 
like the penultimate of like, oh shit, all, all our chips are on the line. We are going to, we are going to lose if we don't do anything about this to the point of, yes, we fail. Yeah. Kind of like when, you know, the, uh, the light got taken from us. Yeah. Yeah. That but, felt urgent. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like, it should have felt like the beginning of destiny too. When we lost the light, the traveler was captured. We felt completely fucking useless almost until we found another, another source for the light that gave us a link partially to the traveler. And that's what got us. That's what got us through that campaign. We go through, we have this whole thing of like, you know, discovering that, Oh, the travelers, not just asleep, the travelers, you know, becomes awakened again. The idea of more guardians coming after that. And then like, it, it, it should have been this whole like buildup of like, you have to know that the, like fucking the first, the, the first destiny two campaign compared to now is epic compared to now. Everything's kind of like this big buildup and you have this huge ending that, that, that culminates in like, okay, this guy tries to take the traveler's light and the traveler goes, Oh, I don't think so. And turns on him, and that's the thing that say that's the thing that kind of saves you in the end. So you go from that to to Lightfall, where oh nope, this guy just shows up. The uh, traveler tries to use flower power on him. Nothing happens. Um, it doesn't even phase the fucking guy, and he just moves up to the to the traveler and just goes, "All right, well, I'm just gonna take you now and put some pyramids around you." And look, mommy, it's a sun. You know. <laughs> It's it's very cheese dick when I see it. Like oh man, the the tra- like at that point you'd think like oh shit, the traveler's been captured. I expected us to lose the light. We had to go to another location to find a new power. The only thing we'd have left is stasis because stasis is darkness. And then that's where we find the strand. Nope, none of that. The strand is just a MacGuffin to take out these MacGuffin generators that stop us from being able to use our light powers. Like it's this whole bullshit fucking reasoning. And now like. Now that that the traveler is, I don't know. They keep saying the traveler's gone, even though the traveler's right fucking there. You can see it. Uh, now that the witness is gone inside the traveler using the veil, we don't fucking know. We still don't fucking know. We still don't understand it. You'd think that, oh, well, I'm going to lose all of my light powers. Nope. Everyone's just kind of like, eh, it's no big deal. Yeah. And we're all sitting there going, what the fuck? Like, how is this your story? On top of that, Bungie needed an extra DLC, an extra expansion to be able to tell you this story because apparently they couldn't get the proper narrative going for everything that needs to be explained going forward. No, what I think actually happened was they just needed some padding because they wanted to extend this as long as possible because they have no clue where the story's going, which is why the seasons will try to stretch that out as much as possible. So you'll have very little progress during these seasons. We'll have very little story build up for these seasons. And then eventually we'll lead to the final shape. And I will be shocked if the final shape has any true narrative or, or finality to the story whatsoever. And for crying out loud listeners, it's been almost a decade and we still don't know who Elsie was talking to when you first meet her on Venus. I mean, you think after all this time and the amount of times that we've had to learn about Elsie, about the fact that she was turned into an exo by her grandfather and all that stuff, that eventually you would hear about who helped her travel through time and was giving her info about the timelines changing. Was it Osiris? That would have made sense, but nope. I mean, as it stands right now, I if I had to make a call right now, I'm not buying it. The next one. No. 
until until it's dropped severely in price. No, uh, listeners, we we got the uh, we got Lightfall for significantly lower cost than what everybody else paid for, <laughs> and it still feels like we got ripped off. This should have been a twenty dollar DLC. Yeah, you know i I will say I appreciate the uh, you know having a new area. Uh, it's not a great new area. No, but the I do dig the art style. I dig Strand yeah. to a degree. Uh, you know, all of that's appreciated. The fucking <laughs> the the other protagonists for the for that planet were just cheese dick as hell. Nimbus um, is a goddamn embarrassment, Bungie. Yeah. There is not enough cringe in the world to express how terrible that character um, there's, is. There's there's a lot of failures for this expansion already, and not a lot of redeeming factors. No, that's that's one of the key problems. Um, yeah, aside from pumped up mobs, uh, yeah, the gameplay is still solid. I mean, I, I still enjoy it for yeah. that fact. You know, I can go in, shoot some shit, still sling around a bunch of powers. I just can't do it everywhere <laughs> yeah uh i feel like my it, it's hysterical because like skillet brought up the fact like he, he feels like he's using his uh his uh legendaries again and his legendaries are you know are far more fun to switch around and, and use i'm like really i feel like my legendaries don't do shit i feel like the only thing that works is my heavy ammo and my exotic weapons that's it I think that the majority of the community that's saying the the majority of the community that's, that is saying this is a problem is correct. The majority of the casual players that are saying I'm going to leave, they have a point. There's a reason why they're leaving. It's not because it's it's not because it's too hard. It's because they f- they feel like they're they're more of a hindrance to their other player to the other players that they play with. That they can't compete. That they can't do anything, and they're not helpful. And the only thing they're doing is bringing the team down. And when you start feeling like that, you just don't want to play anymore. It's not because, oh, well, you don't want to challenge. It's no, it's because I actually want to feel like I'm useful. I'm not a pro player. I'm not on that same level. Yeah, I mean, it took us, fuck, probably 20 to 30 minutes to clear one lost sector. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool lost sector. Yeah. And, you know... I appreciated a challenge to a point when it came to some of the combat, but but the rewards were yeah. shit. Oh yeah, we we got absolutely fucking hosed on the rewards. That was yeah. the that was another thing too. Getting rid of uh, essentially making the strike playlist completely pointless. Yep. Like you, you no, know, you you drop the pinnacle gear from that really because you got tired of people leveling up off of that instead of doing your bullshit fucking events. Like cause that's the only thing that makes any sense to me is you want people to play the the new stuff and not, you know, farm strikes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, shit. Fine. <laughs> this and listeners, this goes back to like, this is why I say destiny, the Bungie, the only thing they do and the only thing they've ever known how to do. And this is, you can look throughout the entire history of, of destiny from all the way to destiny one of anytime the community starts having fun, they stop it immediately. They make sure that they cut it off. It's no, all right, well you guys can enjoy it for a couple of days. And then we're going to turn it off. It's going to go away. That, that if you're really enjoying happens. it, then it's not balanced. Like, yeah. I don't that, think you understand what a game's supposed to be. Yeah. It rarely happens. And how do I know this? Because look at what happened with the, the most recent uh, uh, duality dungeon. So the duality dungeon was the chosen dungeon for this week uh, before reset. 
So they had the duality dungeon giving out rewards and you were going to be able to get, uh, it's basically the more pumped up uh, important gear that you have to, you have to farm the shit out of it. Still, you still have to farm it in order to make sure you can get better stats because the stat system is trash. Now you're getting, you know, you're waiting for, to try and get this, this specific gear. So you're having to go through the duality dungeon, right? Well, people found out, well, I can actually go through the duality, duality dungeon. I can go up to the first main encounter, the first main boss. Uh, we can cheese him and have, you know, cheese him. If you want to call it that he's dumb enough to, to run off the cliff. He's it's not a cheese in my opinion. Um, where you make him run off the, he, he runs off the side, he kills himself and you guys collect the rewards and people were using the save point for that to continually go back and rerun that. So they could try and farm all this gear, but they were having to do this over and over and over again. Mind you listeners, like this is not as uh, like, Oh, you're going to be done in an hour. This is going to be, you're going to be done in several hours. Like you're going to be done after a couple days of trying to do this over and over again. Maybe you'll get the stats you want. Eventually, maybe you'll get the gear you're, you're needing uh, eventually. So people were continually doing this. Well, Bungie found out about it. And what did they do? It's not, you enjoy it while it lasts. We're going to fix it. It's going to be patched tomorrow. Instead, because there, keep in mind, there are plenty of people who are at work or at school who are like, I can't do this yet because I'm stuck at home or I'm stuck doing this. I can't be home playing this to try and do the same thing and try and get better gear that I absolutely need in order to be able to compete at this level now that Bungie has this arbitrary, you know, freaking difficulty that, that Bungie's in, uh, put us in. So what do they do? Oh, nope. They turn it off. They stop it dead. Nope. You can't go and farm it like that anymore. You can still go in and solo, but the checkpoints no longer there. So you have to go all the way back from the very beginning, all the way up to that boss again to do it yourself. Mm. And that's how they, that's how they stop it. Because if you're having fun, we can't allow that. It means the balance is off according to Bungie. And I am a firm believer in that. I have believed this ever since destiny one of any time we start having fun, we can't have that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was true with the farming cave. It was true. It's been true ever since then. Bungie yeah, has and, been about that. And that wasn't even all that fucking beneficial. Like it was beneficial up to a point. Yeah. And then it was just fucking pointless. Like, yeah. At that point, you're just farming glitter and maybe shards. Yeah. Like, especially since you're only going to take you so far. Yeah. Especially since like people were doing that to try and get to try and get exotics. And they're like, oh, people are getting exotics. No, no. People were getting exotic engrams, Bungie. There's a big difference. Take it from somebody who got three exotic engrams <laughs> and got fucking blues and greens out of them from Destiny right. 1. Listeners, you want to know where my butt hurt comes from? It's from all the way at Destiny 1 when that shit used to happen. So yeah, trust me when I say Bungie does not care about you having fun because if you're having fun, if you're having a good time and you're being able to use the system to your advantage, oh, they can't have that. Can't have anybody having a good time. Why do you think they nerf weapons as, as much as they do? Oh, we made that weapon too, too powerful. It didn't seem to be too powerful when you, when you launched it. You seem to be completely okay with that, but because somebody figured out how to combine certain mods or combine certain pieces of armor with it, oh, suddenly it's too powerful for it. It reminds me of it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of Neptar from uh, Adventure Time. Master, why yeah. do you enjoy watching me struggle? <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly. That's exactly how it feels. And they always do it for the PvP crowd. Never mind the fact that the game is primarily P meant for PvE. And they've shown 
what kind of love they actually have for the PvP crowd. On, on top of that, the, the PvP is easily solved, listeners, easily solved. You just literally give everybody the same, you put everybody on the same playing ground. You have the same armor, the same health. Your weapons are only this effective. You have this, you have only a certain weapons that you can use in PvP. Suddenly it's not a problem, but Bungie doesn't know how to do that now. The creators of Halo don't know how to make a, a balanced PvP, not without nerfing all of your shit. You know, Iron Banner is meant to be that playing ground. Iron Banner is meant to be the, you wear your best shit, you come out to play. That and Trials of Osiris. But Crucible? Crucible should just be Halo. That's it. But even if they didn't have the excuse of, we have to balance it for PvP, Bungie would still be nerfing the crap out of your weapons and your armor because, oh, you're you're making the game too easy for yourself. The only person that, that benefits from that is yourself. It's It's a PvE, guys. You know, it's not harming the player experience, but Bungie's concern isn't whether or not it hurts your experience. Their concern is whether or not it actually forces you to keep playing the game more and coming back more, which is really why they do that. That's the only reason why they nerf anything and why they stop us from doing this stuff. Because they want us playing more often in order to obtain what they've set up. And most of you are probably going, well, duh, that's their business model. And you're absolutely right. That is their business model. But I don't have time to treat Destiny like a fucking job. So when most of your players are casual players, what does it say about your company and the decisions that they make when they're adversely affecting casual players? It's, it's very disappointing. It, it's, you know, uh, I didn't exactly have high expectations for, for Lightfall. You know, we, like I said, we snagged it on, on deal and it looked cool. Like there was a lot of really neat aesthetic going on. Yeah. And Strand seemed like it was gonna be a lot of fun. And some of the shit I've seen people pull off, yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. it's hilarious even at, at times. But it just didn't complete uh, uh, the delivery on it. No. Really, it just here's here's more of the same shit. And. Yep. You know, you're left with more questions than answers by the time you end the, the campaign. You're like, okay, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at, listeners. I know I've probably repeated myself a lot, but to, to feel like I've gone back to Destiny 1 days of Bungie doesn't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going with the story. They have no clue how to make things balanced and fun where you have a you can have a challenge, but you have to have a challenge to reward system, and there's no reward system right now. Right. Even well, for the and, challenge. And, and and something on top of all that, the, the new ability, Strand, you don't even get it until no. the end of the game. Until the end like, of the game, to the point where it's almost useless. It here and there. Whereas, yeah. like, when we get first got Stasis, we had it. Yeah. Like, we, we developed and worked on it and got abilities as we got better with it and did more shit with it. Yeah. But Strand, no, uh, you get to be cock-teased with it the entire... Uh, campaign up until the the last uh hell not even the last mission you still only have it temporarily then yeah yeah you have to go after that yeah the the whole like and listeners if you if you remember Stormcaller, this is <laughs> for those of you who are the old school players uh if you remember when we got Stormcaller for the warlock it is exactly that of you go here you meditate or in this case you go and, and grab the strand you use it for this for this little short bit and that's it 
you don't get it you don't keep it so you have yeah. to keep doing that over and over and over again and all it ends up being is just a macguffin bullshit thing that doesn't even need to be in there it's not something the way that they made strands down was that you were going to discover this ability and it is going to be pivotal in order to continue the campaign or to actually do things listeners the truth is you could you could actually do a majority of the campaign without strand the entire time yeah yeah there's only a few instances where it's actually necessary yeah it's usually because you gotta like throw one of the strand balls at something yeah you have to throw a strand ball you have to use uh you have to be able to take out these machines that somehow the enemy has always had that can take away your abilities and they don't strap it on like it's fucking armor yeah shit i mean even even the traversal mechanic of it while while awesome isn't necessary for most of the, most of the campaign yeah how i'd actually argue it's not necessary for any of the campaign yep. it's easier it's easier but yeah <laughs> not necessary yeah there it's unless you put no fucking points into mobility then maybe it is necessary for you <laughs> right yeah it's it's really frustrating and it's really it feels half-assed and listeners, we know that development is hard. We know we know that it takes them a long time to actually make games. But when you look at Witch Queen and you go, this was made during COVID, during the, camp, the, the pandemic, primarily during the pandemic, and you look at what they were able to create, and then you look at this that's not in the pandemic. They could have gone back to their offices. They could have had full access and been, you know, and, and on top of that, they were also bought out by a billion, you know, for over like, what, $3 billion or something like that. Uh, it, it wasn't billions. They don't. They don't have that much for for acquisitions. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It was a lot, but it was also one of those acquisitions. Like, all right, you're you're getting no offense a one trick pony. <laughs> they bought them for three point six billion dollars. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was less. Yeah, they bought them for three point six billion dollars. You're a three point six billion dollar company and almost four billion dollar company. And this is what we get. How is your company making better stuff when you were worth less? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying worthless, worth less. The listeners, that's why I'm so fucking negative towards anything that happens to do with Destiny, anything that happens to do with Bungie is because of what I what I've gone through with that with that entire fran with this franchise so far and what I've seen from them. And every single time Bungie makes ground and does something good, they turn around and do something fucking detrimental against their own their own community. And then they try to dress it up of of, oh, look it, we heard you out. We changed the game. It's the same fucking dance over and over and over again. But even even this last bit, they were like, oh, we, we hear the criticism and, and we're going to change things appropriately. They're like, but everything's already well past that development cycle. So it's going to take a long time for us to start implementing those changes. I'm like, you're, you're just too fucking lazy to do it. Gotcha. Yeah. Like yeah, you're you're just, unwilling to postpone anything and and fix something, like no 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 we're gonna release the continuously broken bullshit that we have been, and you're just gonna have to put up with it until we feel like changing something about it. Yeah, we don't have game testers. We don't use game testers. We never listen to our community to begin with when they tell us this sounds like a bad idea to us from the start, and we just do it anyways and figure ah you know they'll just get over it because we'll just apologize later. It's worked for us so many times before we can just continue to do it now. I mean, think about it, listeners. Bungie didn't even consider telling everybody that, hey, there's going to be an extra mission after the Lightfall campaign that's going to have more story and explain a little bit more. Uh, and that that'll help make up for the ending of Lightfall. 
No, they waited till the reviews came in and it was shit. And people were going, oh, yeah, this actually is shit. And then they went, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. sorry, uh, we're going to have an, this extra mission that definitely wasn't cut off and and put in later but uh, uh we're we're gonna have this so you guys can come back in and, and play it so please keep playing our game while you wait for that yep and the worst part about it is that everybody keeps giving them benefit of the doubt and going oh that's okay bungie thanks yeah don't get wrong i still want to go through and get the strand abilities for each of my tunes but it's not a priority for me <laughs> Yeah, right now, listeners, I'm trying to wait. I'm trying to let the sting of me being pissed off to wear off a little bit before I jump back into the game again. Otherwise, I wind up feeling that sting when I'm trying to solo campaign missions by myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it was so I, fucking funny. But here's the thing: you, I, like, you do how you try to sell, you try to solo campaigns by yourself, and you say you feel the sting. But I feel like I'm I'm fucking holding you back ninety percent of the time because you're having to revive my ass. Uh, not in the campaign. The campaign we 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 well, kicked ass and took names. Yeah. Well, the campaign's a thousand times easier. Yeah. <laughs> than the open world shit. Yeah, which is just fucking bonkers. You, if anything, it should be about the same level of difficulty for for mobs. Anyways, when I'll say this again, Bungie, I've said this time and time again. By the time you're done with the main campaign, if you're gonna do this kind of thing where you're gonna cater only to your your higher tier players, your pro players. By the time you're done, they're done with the campaign. Those pro players better be raid ready, yeah. Which includes the rest of us. If we're if we're having to be held at the, at the same fucking caliber as what you're holding for your pro players for your for your high top tier top tier or top tier top tier top tier uh, gamers, then we should be we should be raid ready. We should have raid ready gear. But that's not what you do. Instead, you're like, all right, well, you're going into a campaign. It's a hundred. It's a hundred light levels higher than what you're at. But the two of you can get through it. And then when we get in the open world, we're getting our shit pushed in. We're like, what the fuck's going on? How the fuck are these guys so much harder in this in this than they were in there? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah you go from playing, you know, relatively smart and godlike in the campaign to having to play basically peekaboo, yeah, uh, tactics in in the open world. Yeah, um, especially the further areas in the open world. The initial areas of the open world are certainly tough, but they're not yeah. the same. It's like they it's almost like they use region scaling like Blizzard used to do for, for yeah. World of Warcraft. I'm sure they still do to some degree. Like, yeah. oh, you don't belong here kind of thing. Yeah, but that didn't really exist for the most part in the rest of Destiny. So it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. This isn't yeah, something that needed to change. It's kind of, it's just dumb. Yeah. Like mob, mobs shouldn't be a problem. Mobs shouldn't have to make you work for it. Unless, unless it's a, unless it's an event or unless it's something that where you're going to give more higher, like higher level enemies for for something specific. Yeah. If that's the case, then I need to have rewards. But you're again, difficulty, your difficulty, your challenge to reward system is trash yeah. and it's not going to be fixed. And hearing the same old, same old from, from Bungie, like, oh, we've listened to you. We're going to, we're going to make changes in the future. Great. Yeah. Even, even the new event that they have going on. Well, I say new, it's kind of a copy and paste with different stuff. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the defiant battlegrounds thing, right? Even that is yeah, uh, the current combat wise. Stuff. Yeah. Even that combat wise is just as easy as the guys in the campaign. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not open world tough on neomuna yeah 
know, like what the fuck? Where where are you getting the scaling from? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Meanwhile, everybody's listening to us like, just get good. So I would <laughs> love to. I would love to just get good, but I'm the talent's just not there, guys. Sorry, it's not gonna happen. So Bungie has to make that choice. Like, and that's the thing is Bungie, you have to, you as a developer, you need to make that choice of like, are you trying to make a game where the majority of your, of your gamers can play it? Or are you trying to make a game where this area is only for the elite? And listeners, this is a question I, I've asked in our, some of our earliest podcasts. I've asked Bungie the same thing of who is your main audience? Are you guys catering towards your elite only? Or are you going to cater towards the the mass majority of your player base? And that's a question Bungie really needs to ask themselves. Who is our core gamer? And also, Bungie, why can't you create a different open world for those who are more casual? Maybe the rewards aren't as good, but it's a lot more fun and easier for the casual crowd. Whereas a hard-based zone would have better rewards, better gear for those who actually want the challenge. But you need to know most of us are in this just because we want to know how the story is going to end, even though you don't know that yet. But right now, it absolutely feels like Destiny 1 where everything was catered towards the elite players. Everything was catered towards just appeasing them and their sensibilities. It's only for the guys who are going to play the raid. It's only for these people. Like, And that's the crazy thing is you haven't even done that because when it looks when, when it came to the raid, listeners, the f- world's first for the raid, two hours and 26 minutes. They beat it in two hours and 26 minutes. I watched their playthrough. It's fucking incredible to watch. Right. But those guys hauled ass through that raid and beat the shit out of it. Do you know what the world's first was, listeners, for the the Witch Queen uh, raid? Seven hours and 14 minutes. Two hours and 27 minutes, four or seven hours and 14 minutes. That's a big difference. Right. That's a big difference between... One, one being, okay, this is actually a challenge for people who are, uh, who are in it for the challenge because when it's in competition mode, it actually is harder. I looked it up when it's in competition mode, it is actually harder. And when they did worlds first for the last one, they got rocked. They had to figure out the mechanics. They had to figure out how everything worked, each boss encounter. And it was impressive to watch them try and figure this stuff out. It's the same thing for the previous raids of watching people figure out these different mechanics it's really cool to to see them and to have a group of people like that who are at the top level going through and deciding okay this is how we do this This is how we do this we're going to come together and do this and this is how we how we plan it out and how we beat this encounter it's really cool and in this one it was like watching them flow like water like they knew every single thing that they needed to do is crazy yeah and it's not like they were an outlier either there were no ones that got it not long after they did no with it there, like, there, there was the, many I think the done sec- in yeah, less than four I, I think the second one did it and i think the second one did it in less than 10 minutes after the first one did it and like it was it was just kind of boom 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 knocking it down previous raids there have been teams just like we just never could finish we could never finish it we could never get it done day one just wasn't possible couldn't get it done within the first 24 hours and the even funnier part is the fact that bungie ex- yeah, extended this one to 48 hours and somebody beat it in two hours and 26 minutes and you're like Wow, that was two days wasn't necessary, apparently. <laughs> the two days is just basically so you can get the uh essentially that's that's basically so you can get the uh the triumph for it of that you did it in day one. Which well, you I know to say is kind of kind for for Bungie, but at the same time that kindness is kind of worn off by the fact of like, oh, it's basically so you they can sell you more merch. 
Right. Well, you know what will happen since uh, yeah, they were able to do it in two and a half hours. They'll go through and patch it so it's not, cap- <laughs> it's not capable of being done in less than two and a half hours. Right. <laughs> well, we can't have that. People aren't, aren't spending enough time in doing this shit. Yeah. Let's put a roadblock here. Let's make them do something else so they have to stop. Which, in all honesty, is probably for the better of uh, trying to make the raid actually feel like it's more, not not just more of a challenge, but more uh, engaging. But at the right. same time, where was this day one? Like, why? How did you guys not think about this? Right. Almost like you guys didn't test this. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's, that's one of the other things that's, that's becoming more and more blatant is the fact that it, there's no real testing going on other than what's what they're doing internally. And the developers don't actually play their game. They, they don't have time to. Yeah. So who is playing their game and actually telling them, hey, you need to change this, you need to change that, or this needs to be more challenging? Or is it the people who who you've been taking advice from since Destiny 1 of this needs to be harder, this needs to be harder, this needs to be harder, this needs to be harder. That seems to be the only solution you guys ever come up with. Not this needs to be more engaging. I feel like I'm leveling up too fast. Can you stop this? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm too good. The The whole idea of a, of a games as a service is just not a good business model. It's not a good no. game model. No. It doesn't Rain. make sense. You know, it, you know we, we've said it before, the, the best uh, example we ever saw of it working, kind of, was uh, Warframe. And that's not a perfect game by any means. Yeah, either. even that has its limits as to what you're, want, what you're willing to put up with until you stop playing and come back later. Yeah. Um, I mean, shit, we haven't been back for a long time now. Long time. Yeah, um, we're way behind. Yeah. Yeah, it it would be relearning the game all over again at this point. Yeah. Um but I mean it's they're they're a, a hop skip and a jump away from being as kind of lame and predatory as mobile uh games are. Pretty close. Point. Yeah. Like it's not as quite soon as Diablo they, levels no. predatory yet, but no, as soon as they start shoveling in like fucking ads like yeah. <laughs> it's fucking game over, you know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and we've we've seen and talked about this a little bit over the past couple weeks of uh, companies, you know, asking for beta players and stuff like that. I'm like, why? You're not going to fucking listen. Yeah, you don't listen. Like, you don't listen to your you don't listen to your game testers. Why the fuck would you listen to me? Yeah. Presuming you actually have game testers and it's not just a bullshit fucking thing that you say, oh yeah, we totally test our games and don't fucking do it. Yeah. Presuming that's not the case. Yeah, you don't listen to them. Why the fuck would you listen to me? Yeah, am I going to be then, in the credits now? And then you turn around for... Uh, I, I scoffed at uh, uh, Diablo's... Uh, oh, early beta access. Paid, pay to access it. I'm like, no, you pay to oh. access a game. You Although I do have to fuck I, yourself, <laughs> I gotta give credit where credit's due. I have to say, Skill Up had it. Skill Up, you dude, that guy is spot on. In the fact that, like, he, he, I would totally go. It, it might be totally worth to just just going to KFC and buying that shitty fucking sandwich, the the one that replaces the bro oh, the double two, down. Yeah, the double down just to get a code for <laughs> for the uh, the Diablo beta because apparently that's <laughs> one of the ways you could do it. Yeah, 
Um, uh, I laughed my ass off when he pointed that out. That was fucking hysterical. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an abomination of a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> about the about the biggest tempting thing I saw for for even remotely jumping into it uh, was uh, apparently one of the cosmetics you can get. Assuming assuming it's a cosmetic that you can get for, uh, I assume all of your characters. Yeah, is this like uh, kind of a stylized hoodie kind of piece of gear, and yeah. in the hood is a is a sleeping wolf pup. I was like, oh, that's just fucking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know if we wanted to move on from uh, Destiny. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've harped on it long enough, and I've, I've, you know, uh, probably I'll, repeated myself about eight or nine times by now. So why not? I'll touch real quick on on what I've observed for Diablo so far. I listeners, I haven't played the the uh, beta. I don't think the open beta has started yet. It I don't think it has yet. But uh, I may check that out at some point. But after what I've seen recently, uh, I don't know. The uh, the top down gameplay, the isometric gameplay, the camera seems extremely zoomed in compared to previous iterations, mm-hmm. um, which is fine if you're playing a just a brawling character, so you know barbarian, uh, fighter, you know something of that nature. Uh, but any of your ranged characters, that's fucking terrible. Yeah, uh, because if you're not seeing an enemy until they're within ten feet of you, you most of your advantage is already gone. Yeah, I should be able uh, to see the field. Absolutely. Uh, and so, I, I mean, that already is, is disheartening enough for me to be like, ugh, like, I, I don't really want to bother now. Um, I did see in the, because uh, the, they have the typical campfire character select screen. Yeah. Um, and you can see the druid off. All the characters look really cool. Uh, the druid is clearly not available yet because you highlight it, it pops up unavailable. Druid looks badass. Um, I, despite it being one of the very first ones that they showed off, the Necromancer is not available in there yet. Not even shown. Doesn't even have really? like a placeholder. Yeah, is it, isn't it like the main trailer right now? That's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm pretty sure that was like one of the first things they showed off uh, once they started rolling out the character trailers. Yeah, I'm like, but maybe I'm wrong. So I was like, uh, where the fuck's the Necromancer? <laughs> Uh, I also didn't see uh, a monk or witch doctor, but I, I don't expect all of the classes to be in there. It'd be nice, but you know, it's just It'd not likely to happen. Too much overlap. game, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, the the person that was playing, I don't know if it, it was because it was a recorded uh, live stream. And I don't know what the issue was, whether it's hardware or streaming or combination of the two, or it's the game itself. Uh, but there were some massive uh, drops in frame rate and or lag uh, yeah. as the person was playing. To the, enough to the point where it's like, I, I don't want to play. You know, like yeah. it's not game breaking. Like I've played on worse by all means. Yeah. I've played with way worse lag, especially Diablo. Uh, but for a game that's been in development as long as this has, and something as as established as this is, there's no real good reason for it. Well, the game's um, online all the time, and yeah. on top of that, 
it is definitely coming off as it's, it's games as a service. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's going to have its own little problems. And, but the games as a service is enough for me to not want to play it at all. Right. Anytime I hear that, I immediately just, my brain goes, Nope, I'm out. Uh, and speaking of I'm out, um, <laughs> the suicide squad kill the justice league has been delayed. And, uh, conveniently enough it's it's right after all of the backlash that people have been giving it of this looks like crap it looks like it's going to be a really bad games as a service model why is this a shooter um all that stuff has been kind of you know been very you know, the community's been very vocal yeah. <laughs> about it as they should in my opinion because it oh, yeah. looks like it's a bad uh, it's a bad choice it looks like this has been dictated to uh, it looks like it's been dictated heavily to Rocksteady by Warner Brothers of this is the next thing we need to jump on because everybody's doing games as a service and that's the model that's going to be the uh, the big game changer in the future. Never mind the fact that you guys are about a decade short. Um, yeah, and you know, like you said, rightfully so. You know, the the um, outspokenness of of the fans against it, yeah. and uh, rightfully so on the delay. However. I don't see a delay working for this game. No, and I, I think they've know put the too much really into be- it to rework it to a point where it's acceptable. Yeah, I don't even know, I don't even know if the delay is really because of the the backlash. It's just really really coincides conveniently. I think yeah. that a lot of the delay is just because I think it's genuinely what the studio is saying of the fact that they have some polish to do and they're going to be changing some things up. But it's not going to be enough to save the game. It's not going to be enough yeah. to save the gameplay. It's not going to be enough for for people to actually give it a chance because all it does right now, all it is is it looks like a slightly more polished version of Gotham Knights of this is rock. This is what rock city would have done if they had done Gotham Knights. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Warner brothers is still saying, yeah, we should totally continue with this, st- this strategy of we're going to do games as a service after Gotham Knights is hysterical. Like, right. You guys still don't understand. Do you, you still don't get it. This is not going, this is not a model that people should be following. Nobody should be sitting people's throats until they swallow. Yeah. Nobody should be continuing to look at games as a service as they model. They should be following. Look at the amount of games as a service games that have failed and have been, been shut down over the past just, just year alone. I think there's been seven or eight of them that have just shut down and they weren't old titles. They were relatively new. Why? Because games as a service isn't games as a service is a dead service. The, the moment you come up with it, the only reason why Bun- and it's in, in all of these in, in all of the games as a service have been fulfilled. Anybody who's playing games as a service is already playing something. They're not going to leave their game just to go play yours. Yeah. So well, the thing is, is games as a service sounds like a fucking fantastic pitch. To an investor who has an investor. no concept yeah. of gameplay. Yeah. Uh, to <laughs> this a gamer, isn't what they do. <laughs> yeah, to a gamer, it sounds like that is the death nail into any franchise. And listeners, the only reason why you can sit there and say, well, look at all the ones that are that are popular and that are doing well, Warframe, Destiny. The only reason why those are doing so well is because they were so early when they came out that those are some of the ones that already have a fulfilled fan base. They already have a fan base for them. These people are not going to leave their games to go play something else. And there are plenty of people like myself, like Miles, who get burned out on them very, very easily. 
just mm-hmm. because they make bad decisions. They make bad, they make bad changes or we play them too much and we go, you know what? I'm going to leave this. I'm going to come back later and play some more. So I'll leave and come back. We've done that with destiny over and over and over again. And it keeps destiny, bringing us back. We've done it with sea of thieves. Um, yeah, with a bunch of shit. And anytime we come back to destiny, I blame Steve, Steve, it's all your fault. <laughs> I love you, bud. Uh, now he uh, like it's one of those things like he, Steve comes back and he tells us like there's some really cool stuff going on and he'll, he'll tell us about some of the story elements and while I have to say like there have been times we've come back into it and we're like yeah this is fucking awesome we've even talked about it on the podcast like this is all great stuff uh, that was when we were able to actually experience all of the seasons that we had missed uh, specifically I mean that was fucking great when they allowed the season content to still be there when they still had the black you know they still had the black forge they still had all that stuff going on um. We had so many fucking quests to do. It was badass and it felt fulfilling. Now, when we yeah. come back into it and even if we, even if we let it go for a couple of seasons, we come back to it. We're like, eh, it's just, it's still just okay. Well, and now they've gotten into the habit of tucking away any of the seasonal shit. Oh yeah. Well, like, it's not even just, Oh yeah. This existed, but you're not allowed to play. It. You're not allowed to you play it. Own it this, at the time. this is gone. You didn't own it in the right time. This is, this has now been uh, shelved. So it won't be available anymore. Well, yeah. I wanted to complete that story. I didn't get to finish it. Oh, sorry. You should have played it when, when it was around. Okay. Well, now you're vaulting <laughs> seasonal content, so I can't play that. Yeah, um, if you're do that, stop charging me for fucking expansions. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your expansions come out and they feel really short now. They, they, well, at least I should say your most recent expansion feels really short. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to, you know, don't want to have to keep playing every season just to experience something that feels half-assed. So I guess I'll just leave and not come back. Uh, and that's I, I was, amazingly, that's what some sentiment is on, on Reddit that I've been reading of a lot of people just going, I'm just not going to play anymore. Like you, we're at the end listeners. This is supposed to, we're always supposed to have like two, like one or two more DLCs left. Mm after after these seasons so like you have the seasons like four seasons then you have a dlc then you have another four seasons then you have a dlc like after these after this next four season we're supposed to have like only two more and people are just like fuck it it's not worth it wow we're that late in the game and people are just like fuck this i'm out <laughs> oh i get it if you're having problems with with just games as a service on that level with with already established franchises, what makes these studios think that they can come in with a brand new games as a service that's going to do anything better, that's going to do anything you know great, that's going to make us want to play? Because all we see is, oh, it's another company that just wants my money, that just wants me to waste my time, and I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I, I So I don't know. I don't know what Warner Brothers is doing. I don't know what they're thinking by doing this, but uh, I feel bad for Rocksteady because Rocksteady originally had pitched to them of doing a Superman game. There was even rumors of them doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. But no, instead, we are, we're getting Justice League or Suicide Squad kills the, kills the Justice League. It's a cool story premise, and I'm actually interested in yeah. hearing what the story ends up being like. But yeah, the when game they first play, announced it, I was like, that's a really cool concept. I was like, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with this because any of these heroes could obliterate the shit out of us. Right. If they're yeah. really intending to. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what are we getting? We're getting a little games as a service with a four, a four player co-op games as a service that basically has you swinging around like Spider-Man or floating through the air like Iron Man and shooting with a gun. It's a third person shooter. 
that doesn't sound like Rocksteady. That doesn't even sound like a good superhero game. This sounds like a bullshit, just tacked on games as a service piece of shit title that is going to have me literally using the same mechanics from every Ubisoft open world that's ever existed of, all right, you go into this area, you take over this boss, you take over this, or you take over this, the enough camps, the boss shows up, you fight the boss. And now that area is secure. And now, now, you saved that one region and it's going to be split up into different maps where or different portions of the map where you do that over and over and over again until you finally can take on the final boss. Yeah. I guarantee it. Cause, and how can I guarantee that listeners? Cause that's exactly what they showed in their gameplay trailer. They showed them taking over an area, trying to take down this, this fucking huge ass tank at, or not tank, but a cannon, this organic looking cannon is weird. Uh, they take that down and then suddenly the flash shows up after they can rescue Lex Luthor and the flash shows up and the flash is not really taken care of by the justice league or not really taken care of by the, uh, the suicide squad. It's taken care of by wonder woman, oddly enough, who's part of the justice league. So is it the suicide squad slow down the justice league enough for wonder woman to take them out? Or is it, the suicide squad actually kills the justice league. And the worst part about it for me is the fact that this is the last game. Kevin Conroy was a part of, and I'm, and that's the only way I'm going to be able to hear him play that play Batman in an, in a new game, a new setting. And I don't want to play it because of how bad that game looks. I will be immensely surprised if this doesn't end up being another Marvel's Avengers. But I'm also curious to see how blizzard is going to screw everyone over with Diablo four. So, cause I, I don't expect them to, I don't expect anything good from, from Activision Blizzard. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a massive Diablo fan and you know, I, I was very much in that wheelhouse of, uh, I'm probably going to wind up getting it because I, I've played all the other Diablos. I always enjoy them. Yeah. Like, but, and we'll see, but after seeing what I saw, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. If that if that zoom level, if that field of view isn't increasable by at least a bit, you know, I, I mean, and that's not to say it looks bad, like because it looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. You know, when it's when it's flowing properly, Visually, yeah, it's, it's graphically, cool. it looks yeah. fucking amazing. Um, not that there's a, in my opinion, a shit ton of room for improvement from like three, because three looked great. Um, yeah, but. But this kind of brings back that more gritty style from two. It's yeah. it's kind of a combination of like the gritty style from two mixed with the smoothness uh, of three and the yeah. control of three. So it's uh, it's a good combination of like okay, yeah. we're we're finally getting this like everything's coming together. Diablo. Yeah, not quite as yeah, not quite as arcadey as as three was because uh, yeah. I know that was one one of your one of your uh, not gripes but uh, one of your. Uh, one of the things that counted against your opinion of three was you didn't really like the health globes, right? Yeah. When it came to healing, you, you preferred the potions from two. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get that. And this uh, changes both of those and turns it into a hybrid of the two. Yeah. So you still get the health globes, but they act as the potions. So yeah, you pick those up to, to stock up on them. Then you hit the key to use them. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, that's perfectly amenable. Um, it is a simplified uh, um, control system, uh, much like three was, where there's not a lot of uh, hotkey 
points. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how well it plays on controller uh, mm -hmm. versus keyboard, since you don't have to have that much shit to track on uh, keyboard. Yeah. You know, unlike in two where you had like something for every fucking number. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, part of me wants to, but, uh, you know, I, I am concerned with the online all the time. Although that's how I usually prefer to play anyways, because I'd rather play with friends. So Yeah, and I get that. But the problem is, is if you're playing by yourself and it's online all the time and the game, if the server gets shut down, which will happen day one, guaranteed listeners, yeah. going to happen day one, uh, the server will get shut down or the ser server has problems. People can't play. Yeah. I mean, it's and, the same thing with a lot of these, a lot of games nowadays. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are plenty of games that are on that are that when you play by yourself, even if it's just a single player game, that they have attached to a server where they fuck you over. And that happened with Diablo 2, by the way, listeners. When Diablo 2 relaunched on consoles, they fucked up and the server was down and it was online all the time, even if you weren't playing online. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. They had to patch that out, they had to fix that. Hopefully they learn from that and they change this over, but I don't think that'll be the case because I'm pretty sure four is going to be solely dependent on online. And uh, since it's so much solely dependent online, it's going to be, you know, I, like I said, it's going to be games as a service. So mm -hmm. you have to know what you're getting into. And if you want that awesome, more power to you. Uh, I have no desire in, in giving Activision my money. We've, we've gone through this multiple times on the, on the podcast listeners, but like I said, I don't give Activision or Blizzard my money day one. I, I will wait for them to go on sale and then I will give them my, my money because I want to give them as little as my money as possible. Um, and, and, the, and the, the way I'm doing that with call of duty is I'm waiting for them to go to the next call of duty, modern warfare three, and then I'll buy modern warfare two when it's $20. Cause you know, I don't play online, so there's no point. <laughs> um, but when it comes to Diablo, it's going to be one of those things like, I'm just going to have to wait. And I'm curious to see how this goes. I could this be the first Diablo to fail other than the immortal? <laughs> I don't know because I don't even know if I don't even know. I don't even know if immortals considered a failure because there are a lot of dumb people out there. Yeah. I think they still made money. money off of immortal. Yeah. Uh, so it, a failure to us. Absolutely. Uh, a failure to their investors. Probably maybe not. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you know, I I don't personally feel like Blizzard has truly ever nickel and dimed me with the previous games I've played. Keep in mind, listeners, most of the games from Blizzard I've played were once upon a time World of Warcraft, which I only stopped playing because I just didn't have the fucking time and money to keep doing so. Yeah, but you uh, can't say they haven't tried to screw players over because of what's been happening recently. I mean, they had the the World of Warcraft or not World of Warcraft. Uh, the Warcraft three remaster, that was complete shit. They had, uh, the issue that happened with Diablo two. They've right. now had Diablo immortal. It's one of those things of like seeing no, a, not, trend, not, a trend, yeah, a trend. What, what I'm, what I'm saying is like seeing a trend from the point of bef you know, before we play, before any of this stuff happened, absolutely. I'd be, I'd be one of those things like, I've never had a problem with them. And then now we're seeing this trend of like, just fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't, uh, make sh shitty fucking decisions and screw people over. I'm just saying personally, I've never been nickel and dimed over any of their titles that I did play. But so again, I, 
none of the titles that we did play were before or all the titles that we did play were before any of those decisions right yeah i mean so, that's the thing like they came out with immortal which clearly uh uh showed what they thought about their fans oh yeah you know so it's one of those things like all right so what all are you going to put into four yeah so Chances are, I think if I do get four, it will not be day one because I won't be able to get into it day one anyways because <laughs> fucking cues. I mean, shit, they have cues. They had a uh, the, the video I watched. There was a 43-minute queue Holy shit, for the open wow. beta. And, and it, literally, that was 43 minutes of the live stream recording. I was like, holy shit. I was like, wow. this wasn't just a, uh, well, it's going to be a long time, and then 10 minutes later, he's in. Like no, this it full forty three minutes. It wasn't a bungee one moment, <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah. So even if I wanted to, I'm not going to be able to get into it day one. So yeah, especially with my internet. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, chances are it's going to be one of those things. We'll we'll see how. The reviews are probably during the first month. If yeah. uh, everything sounds copacetic, then I'll probably give it more consideration. And listeners, you'll know if uh, if there's a problem is if uh, they basically give give the reviewers like we've seen this happen with other with other with other uh, games come out where they give the reviewers a different review or a different uh, game than what's reviewed or what's released oh, yeah. to people like like what happened with diablo immortal diablo immortal had that where they allowed reviewers to have access to it online on their phones without all the extra monetization bullshit and they gave them like a fast track to certain like uh, levels in the game mm. and armor and stuff like that and then as soon as the game actually released after reviews were coming out they fucked over their entire community well, I'm that game curious if that's going to happen in this. And that game initially fucking handed you everything. Yeah. They're like, you know, they give you gold and whatever fucking hand over fist. Yeah. They're like, all right, this is almost too fucking easy. And I stopped before that ended. Yeah. And, uh, you know, apparently it started nickel and diamond the shit out of you not long after that. Yeah. So. Well, if you want to get this certain kind of gear, you need to spend yeah. $10,000. Yeah, you need to have six six of these gems that have a 0.01% chance of dropping. Yeah. Like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this, I'm out. That's no, I'm, I'm that's hoping worse than it doesn't go that route, uh, namely for myself and the many other Diablo fans. I really hope they stay true to you know what we've known to grow and love from Diablo. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in it. <laughs> yeah, I have no faith in Blizzard or Activision. I mean, yeah. look at what they did with Overwatch too. I don't have any faith in any AAA developers. No, no, literally absolutely none. not. Yeah, absolutely not. You now, Microsoft Studios, fucking Bungie, Sony. You know, Sony to an extent, I guess, but yeah. you know, Sony Bethesda. Is, Sony's of full Bethesda. of fucking assholes, anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Bethesda, <laughs> companies we don't trust. Uh, so they've Bethesda has finally uh, given a launch date for when we're going to get uh, Starfield. Yeah, uh, that is going to be in September. Yeah, um, I think September sixth. I want to say you might be right. Can't remember. Uh, but it, you know, anyways, they Todd Howard went on there. He showed off the uh, you know they they showed off kind of the same stuff we've seen from the game. 
Uh, granted, it all looked like it had better frame rate than what we originally saw. We'll see if that ever got fixed. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I doubt it. Well, that we're supposed um, to have a showcase in June. We are supposed to have a showcase in June. We'll see what the game looks like then. Uh, it's always been kind of questionable. It's one of those things of like, I I fully expect the game to have the the typical Bethesda bugs. Like to, oh, yeah. to be the typical Absolutely. Bethesda game. Uh, it's one of those things of whether or not it will be actually worth playing and, and worth uh, going through the story on. And that's what that's the question really for any Bethesda game. And listeners, the only reason why Bethesda's kind of dropped out on uh, being a game that, or a company that we could look to to make a a game worthy of our time is mostly because of Fallout seventy six. The stuff that happened with that, like that's that's kind of what did that for us. Of like, okay, I don't know if I can trust you guys. Uh, yeah, you tried a lot of bullshit. And you tried to get away with a lot of bullshit and you lied. And then you turn around and monetize the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That and was that's, the, that was the big slap in the face to me. It yeah. was like, Oh, cause you know, it came out and said, Oh, well we're trying something new. We're going to try to do, you know, co-op. We're trying to do multiplayer. I'm like, Oh, awesome. Way to go. I'm all for this experiment. Let's go. All right? DLC will be paid for by cosmetic shop and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. And cool. then, uh, then you know, they started rolling it. out the was it the uh, <laughs> season Fallout pass first? Yeah, the, the season they call the Fallout first stuff, the membership. Like, oh well, you got to have this to have infinite ammo storage or a larger, you know, base storage box, whatever the fuck. Like, you are. They, they started treating it kind of like Elder Scrolls Online in all reality, because yeah. yeah. Elder Scrolls Online is kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, I didn't hit that kind of wall of bullshit when I played ESO, but I could see it on the horizon kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I even thought about getting the game again for PC because it's like $6. And uh, obviously not the, the DLC and shit. Um, but I'm like, I just, I know. I was like, I don't have the kind of time to put into yeah. that an MMO like that, which is funny because I do fucking nothing. Um <laughs> uh but yeah they turned around and just bastardized the shit out of that like it was yeah. I, I i was making the excuse for it for the longest time that oh you know they said it was an experiment which i still contend that that's the case that a lot part of people it is acted, true in the early yeah, a lot days of people of acted like it was a full-on fucking release i'm like yeah it was never said to be a full-on release. <laughs> yeah, that that was true back when Fallout seventy six came out. I mean, we had a good time with with what it was. Yeah. Um, the issues really came about of when they started looking for more monetization, when they started charging for certain things more than they yep. than they were before. Uh, and then on top of that, when they were like, "Okay, we're looking at coming out," you know, we have a we have a. They had tons of stuff that they hadn't fixed, tons of stuff that were still completely broken. And then they started asking us for more money. Yeah. And we were like, what? And then they said, oh, no, no, no. This this will help pay for more DLCs. Well, after that came out, then they came out with, uh, you know, the first actual DLC expansion that they did. And that was they were asking for money for that. Like, dude, you guys are just full of shit. And that's what it came down to was like. I don't care what they say, like, or what, what their excuses are. They lied. They lied to their community and they say that, oh, they didn't do it intentionally. That might be true. But at the same time, you had no, you had no turnaround. Like actually things cost more money than we thought it would. 
Like we have to change our strategy or anything. There was no talk of that. It was just, here's, here's this, give us more money. Yeah. Yeah. About the only thing they have going for him. And it's not even much of a compliment in all reality is they didn't turn around and blame the gamers. <laughs> True. They weren't Ubisoft uh, about it, which is nice. Um, right. And listeners that kind of, that gave us a lot of bad faith with Bethesda. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I still hope Starfield's going to be fucking amazing. I love a good space epic. I love most of Bethesda's games. Yeah. Um despite their fucking bugginess. Despite their massive uh, bugginess. <laughs> Todd Todd Howard still is a charming fucking salesperson even though Absolutely. I know he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah. I could sit there and listen to him like, "Yeah, okay. All right." <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could sell sell dirt to a ditch digger. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, like you said, no, no real faith, just hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and while I don't agree with, uh, Microsoft's decision to make it exclusive, uh, for Starfield, I think, yeah, I think that's a missed opportunity. The fact that they're cutting off a lot of gamers who only have one system. Um, I, I understand it. It needs to be kind of a system seller. I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping that it's going to be even with all the Bethesda bugs that will be enjoyable and it won't be, it, I'm hoping it won't feel like a half-assed experience. And that's the thing I'm kind of worried about. Um, the one thing I do, I do want is I really Bethesda. I really want you guys to stop using your, your engine. You need to stop using creation engine. It's shit. Absolutely. It really needs to be, you guys really need to move on. Um, I mean, fuck. If three four three is sitting there going, we need to move on from this, and we need to start using something that works, and they're looking at Unreal Engine, yeah, dude, they've gone through far less struggles than you have with with their engine with their engines, plural, and you guys need to start doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean Here's, when uh, when Microsoft bought Bethesda out, that was one of our immediate hopes and thoughts was, yeah. okay, they're going to drop the creation engine, they're going to have the money to use unreal now yeah. is like they're going to make something that actually functions and which looks is just, fucking amazing, which is hysterical because the, the money to, to get unreal is actually negligible comparatively. Right. Especially given the assets that they have for unreal engine as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if, if indie player, if, in, if indie developers can use that engine, you guys can. So, we don't understand what the whole like other than the fact of it's it's easier not easier but it's uh it's more money in your pocket personally right uh, we don't know why you continue to 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 want to use creation engine i mean you're talking about an engine that literally prevents you from being able to use a fucking ladder right something that's really simple in gaming and has been around for a long time and yeah. you can't do it in in and no matter how many game. times and no matter how many times you rework and Frankenstein the shit out of the embryo engine, it's never going to be something everybody else uses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, the, and that's the thing is like, even, even with, even with this, 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 you know, <laughs> creation engine two, whatever the fuck you guys want to want to brand it. We all know it's, it's game brio. It's, it's a two decade old fucking, fucking, uh, engine that you've you've just plastered and taped together and it's held together by duct tape that it's not yeah. quite held as held as much together by duct tape as, as destiny is right now but still 
it's not great. <laughs> the creating issues engine. Yeah, you're creating you're exactly you're creating <laughs> issues engine. Uh and you're and you're still insistent on using it. And we sit there and go, this doesn't make sense. Like why why are you trying to do this? And when you look at the game, like we when we see Starfield, like if you look at stills of it, it looks fine. But once it starts moving, it doesn't look like it's a newer, it doesn't look it's a, it's any newer than anything like Fallout 4. Yeah, it doesn't look like, like it's Skyrim remaster or anything yeah, like that. It doesn't look like it's it's something that's any newer than anything that came out, you know, almost a decade ago. Yeah. So Which can be fine so long yeah. as the gameplay is there. You know, I mean if in all reality, if it was the same quality of operational level as Skyrim or Fallout 4, fine. You know, yeah. I know what I'm getting. I'll be honest, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's disappointing, sure. I would want something better, but realistically, yeah, all right, got it. You yeah. Know? So, but at the, yeah, but at the same time, we also sit there and go, but if, but you could have just switched over to a en- new engine and it would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, especially considering from the sounds of it how early on they were at, at purchase. Yeah. Like, you guys didn't have but maybe some assets put together. Like, all you had was, like, fucking gay mart and, and models to show off. Like, you can redo those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't take... Like, don't get wrong. Me. Modeling's <laughs> tough. I know that. But it's only getting easier. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even consider using Unreal Engine for Elder Scrolls Six. Just saying. Right. God, I fucking hope so. If they use creation again, like oh, fuck me. It's it's guaranteed. Oh, I'm sure. I'm willing willing to bet. I'm sure. Um <laughs> as for uh, as for anything else that happened this week, um I mean I can't really I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that's uh, pertinent to talk about or Um I've been playing through uh, Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, okay. I really, I really loved the first game. I didn't finish the first game because I hit a secret boss, and yeah. it really took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> yes, fair. Uh, but I, I loved the game. It was, it was, it was really cool. And hey, it's and it's a Square Enix title, and it's not an NFT. <laughs> Correct. Um, this one's apparently getting talk about that <laughs> getting a fair amount of hate, and I'm not entirely absolutely certain why. Sure. Like, it's not as good as the first one. I, I'll admit that. Uh, namely just some some operational things here and there and maybe okay. a little bit in the way of story but it's essentially still the same game just you know different time setting different characters okay. uh, i thought it, i i was a little disappointed when it wasn't uh different jobs uh i thought there was going to be different classes uh and there there's all the same classes so okay it's it's almost more of a of a an expansion sequel instead of being another yeah, game. sequel sequel. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but if you get it on deal, it's definitely worth the price. Uh, you know, I, I think I paid a little bit less than, than full price for it. Okay. Um, and I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, it, it has the one, the one big gripe I do have with it. And it probably was because the character I started, I started with, uh, the um, alchemist, the uh, the apothecary, whatever the fuck they're called, uh, 
so her her passive ability is to inquire information from from residents and then on the other hand of that is the ability to essentially knock people out with chloroform uh it says heal or treat but <laughs> I've, I've cured one person that everybody else just knocks them the fuck out <laughs> go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep go to yeah sleep. uh Anytime she gets information from somebody, whether or not it's anything useful or it's just background information, yeah, uh, she ends the the interaction with "Thank you, that was really helpful. Thank you, that was really helpful." And when you're going through a town and there's like fifty fucking people to talk to, that gets old really fucking fast. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So uh, a lot of games I've noticed lately. Uh, I mean. Hogwarts Legacy was really bad about it with uh, oh my God. the flu powder. The, thankfully, they've patched that almost either they've patched it completely out or they've made the occurrence so low that you almost will never run into it. Because I watched Shayna play some more of it and it, she wasn't getting that anymore. What are you but, going to do now? Yeah. So the the idle dialogue, the, the yeah. constant banter, whether it's from your character or others, it seems like uh, all roads leak to Hogsmeade's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that gets really fucking irritating. Um, and I don't know why games when have started you're doing that. games for as three frequent. hours, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why games have been frequently doing that lately. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't help but think, I, I, I guess it's just a default. Like, oh yeah, we'll just have them do it every time they're here. Like, you should fucking hire somebody who... That kind of shit gets on their fucking nerves because I'll point it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bungie, really quick. Uh, that includes you too in Destiny Two when you're walking around Neo Muna. You have those stupid fucking news reports that come on. Oh my god, does that get irritating? Jesus, Colorado. shut that shit off. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Colorado showed up. <laughs> Started telling me about the 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 things that are going on on Neo Muna that. I don't care or need to know about because it has no relevancy and has no actual like uh, effect on the game. So, right. But yeah, that, that's, that's about my biggest gripe. I think honestly, okay. well, at least it's not an NFT. Like I said, I mean, square Enix has gone full blown into NFTs. So, um, and listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, then I, you must be living in a ro- underneath a rock because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck Square Enix is doing. What the fuck are you doing, Square Enix? I mean, out of all the decisions I've been seeing this company make, the only one that was actually smart was getting rid of the developer that made you know, Forspoken. And, uh, right. you know, that could have been avoided just by simply listening to the gamers who had actually been playing the game and had seen the demos and said, hey, you know, the dialogue kind of sucks. If you fix this and, and give us some good writing, this actually might be a decent game. But we couldn't get you to listen to any of us on that. So I don't know why I even think you're going to listen to this. Yeah, you got rid of a CEO that was seems to be making the dumbest fucking decisions we had ever seen on the planet by selling so many of your goddamn properties that you turned around. And he's like, all right, well, we made some of our money back there. Full blown to NFTs. All NFTs crashed within that same fucking week, just plummeted. And you still think that NFTs are going to be the future. Right. Are you stupid? They would tell you the definition of insanity. I'm asking in this condescending voice because <laughs> it makes me sound a little more dumb, and I'm asking you if you're dumb. Are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> people say I'm condescending. That means, that means I talk, I talk down, down to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Square, you guys, uh, I, you need to get your house in order because we don't know what the fuck you're doing. Nobody does. Yeah. Somebody really said this, the, those hysterical, like Yoshi P must be getting really tired of billing this company out because it's like watch, it's like watching after a kid that every time you turn your back around, they just run towards the light socket. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad for that guy. <laughs> yeah. That, that fucking soundtrack for that, that trailer was fucking great. I was awesome. Like, yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's a shame that, that, uh, <laughs> whoever composed that should be allowed to put that into a better game. Yeah. And the soundtrack for fucking uh, Octopath Traveler too. It's fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Vargo, Josiah, and I have got to play a pretty lengthy session of uh, Baldur's Gate 3 yesterday for checking out how the co-op worked. Yeah. And, you know, there's still a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. Um, it's still got a ways to go. Especially when it comes to the camera. The camera is... Tough, not awful. atrocious, but it's tough. I, I, I <laughs> think it is awful. It is <laughs> just fucking horrible. the The worst of it is when it just gets stuck. Um, that's that's fucking terrible. Uh, you know, accidentally stealing is a, a big fucking problem for me. Uh, <laughs> but was uh, so fucking funny. <laughs> I will say it is a it is we, we were it completely is, shocked by that. Like we were all fine, yeah. and then all of a sudden, all of us you got pulled out of the menu, and all of us were in combat, and we're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Dude, I was still I was still trading with them. You guys were like, "What the fuck's going on?" I'm still looking at an inventory screen, like business is as normal. Just like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, but uh. Yeah, the, uh, the back, co-op aspect of it is... Uh, I tried. <laughs> the co-op <laughs> aspect of it uh, is a little cumbersome compared to playing single player. Um, yeah. However, the the amount of fun of just worrying about your character and maybe <laughs> a potentially another uh, uh, non-playable character yeah, uh, makes it a lot more fun uh, yeah. than just going through it by yourself. Uh, yeah, the less less micromanagement is greatly appreciated. Yeah, when you have you know three or four acting parties instead of oh hey you need to specifically go through disarm everything, loot everything, have every single conversation. That's really tedious given the size yeah. of the game. Um, whereas we can kind of split that up to a degree. We we let Josiah do most of the conversations because he was hosting. Yeah, because uh, honestly, it's easier to basically play as the the sidekick, <laughs> the henchman. Yeah. Um, oh, you talk to this guy. I'm gonna go over here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to hopefully playing some more of that. Um, we got to a, a pretty decent spot. I feel like we're just doing shit erratically, which is fucking hilarious. Uh. But um, yeah, we're not following any kind of specific path. No, <laughs> it's like, story. let's go do this job. Let's go do I this feel, job. Yeah, I feel like there's <laughs> there's something missing from the game and the fact of like there's no direction, like no no pure no direction or yeah. guidance in the direction, like in, in the, the narration, Yeah, um, which is fine. It just feels like it's almost like you're playing a game without a DM. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, our, our big uh, 
request at the time was is still to go see about getting cured, and yeah. we haven't even gone and done that step. Um, yeah. You know, it's not a very fruitful step to begin with, but no. it's it's the next main quest story step, and uh, it's almost like playing uh, Oblivion again, where I'm like, yeah, I know there's a bunch of hell gates for me to close, but I'm gonna go do all this other shit instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that I would like to say is that I would appreciate it if uh, when I click to have my character move somewhere. And if another character just suddenly runs in front of me, that my character doesn't just suddenly deviate and decide to walk through yeah, fucking fire. Path. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that a follow camera would be nice. Um, that way I don't have to sit there and, and track it the entire time. Yeah. Um, but once again, I th- honestly, I think that's my biggest fucking gripe is that camera. I can see that. Yeah. Um, everything else it functions actually really well. It functions a lot better than I was honestly expecting it to. Yeah. Like the we, only thing, the only other thing I would bring up is like, uh, when it switches over to your turn, sometimes the mouse doesn't exactly react to yeah. what you're clicking on. And in it, inadvertently you can click on, or you can click around trying to get it to, to fucking just interact with anything. Mm. And you can inadvertently click on something that makes it explode. And <sighs> you completely, so yeah. Uh, completely fuck yourself over the laughs if nothing else are worth it (laughs) (laughs) everybody everybody was able to laugh at my expense that's for damn sure randall hazard strikes again Um, and i threw a piece of trash that josiah dropped at a cook because i'm like fuck you bitch (laughs) (laughs) although that was somewhat planned at least i was like yeah hey josiah did you save because i'm gonna do something before doing that (laughs) yeah um but yeah uh let's see what else um steam's having their spring sale there's a bunch of shit on sale nothing exponentially large and as far as discounts go uh not compared to some of their other sales anyways yeah i mean every everything is just pretty much uh on a decent sale listeners if you haven't played uh if you have a pc that's a that's a good pc and you haven't played uh cyberpunk that's the way to play it just saying it's right. and it's on sale on steam so um um yeah I don't think I have anything else for gaming. Uh, I haven't seen shit for movies. I know you went and saw Cocaine Bear. I've seen a bunch of movies. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so, listeners, I went and saw Cocaine Bear, and that movie is fucking awesome. And my first reaction after the end of it was, see, Elizabeth Banks, people will go see your movies. They just have to be good. <laughs> and it was fantastic. It's available on uh, <laughs> available for streaming right now. And if you want to, and if you want to pay for the the twenty five dollars, it's absolutely worth your money, in my opinion, because it is fucking hilarious. It just has to involve apex predators and illicit drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and illicit drugs yeah. Well, that's the name um, of the title. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> apex predators and illicit drugs. <laughs> <laughs> the heroes deal with apex predators and illicit drugs. <laughs> Um, at a land down under. <laughs> it's very funny. It's entertaining. You know, it's got the everything you're looking for in an entertaining movie of being a gruesome horror movie while being a good horror comedy. So, absolutely worth the time, worth the money. 
uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely say pick it up. The other movie that I saw was I saw Creed three. Creed three was good. It wasn't as good as Creed one and two. Um, whether or not you see it in theaters is up to you. I thought it was worth seeing in theaters uh, when I was done. Uh, Michael B. Jordan does a great job uh, as Adonis still. Jonathan Major's character, uh, Dame, is he's he, I mean, it's Jonathan Majors. He really is one of those actors of like any role you give him, he can play it and he does it really well. So uh, he does a great job in, in playing that role. The downside is that the, there's a serious lack of one. They don't explain what happened to Rocky. Uh, two is that you can you can tell there's a presence missing of since Stallone's not involved. Uh, one of the things that he's always been known for on the sets of these movies is that he brings a lot of levity to the characters and explaining how their characters interact with each other, trying to get down essentially the story of who these characters are and building up a movie that is supposed to be a hero's story. And that's kind of lacking in this. Um, there's lots of really good things in it, but at the same time, when it comes to the final, the final bout, there's not enough buildup. I feel in, uh, Jonathan Major's character to make it feel like there's going to be the the main fight in this in this film is mentally instead of what's happening on screen or like in 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 the ring. And that's even more evident when they do this weird like time jump in the middle of it. They do some really cool uh cinematography and some really cool ideas with what's going on in the fight itself which is taking cues from some anime but at the same time, it's primarily showing that there's a mental battle going on and you lose a lot of that action. The, the victory of it's not quite as, uh, as emotional as in the previous films, uh, even you know all the way back through Rocky. I, I felt like it was worth my time, but there are plenty of people who just like, yeah, I could have waited. The other movies that I saw was, I don't know if I ever did a review for this, but I saw Ant-Man. Ant-Man was not good. Uh, Ant-Man three was, it's not worth seeing in the theaters uh, as much as there's tons and tons of stuff going on. It's just not, not that good of a movie. It's not a great, it, it's not a great start to phase five. It feels just like phase four of you guys have nowhere. You have no idea what you're doing, what you're doing with these characters. You have no idea where you're going. Um, and it's not uh, to me, the way you put it, it was, it's not even, for me personally, it's not even worth seeing if I still had, Disney Plus and it came to streaming. <laughs> Personally, listeners, I yeah, I wouldn't recommend it seeing like unless you are a diehard MCU fan, I wouldn't recommend seeing it at all. It's it's not a good movie. It's not worth watching. The story's pointless. The the character there's no there's no good character development. There is no reason after Endgame to have ever seen this film and ever have this film. From where you start in the movie to where you end in the movie, no difference. There's no progress with Kang. There's no progress in, in that storyline whatsoever. All you do is get to see Kang lose. Who's supposed to be this, you know, Kang's supposed to be the next Thanos guys. He's supposed to be bigger than Thanos, according to, to what the, you know, they've been propping him up to be. And when threatened with the idea of having to take on a, another member of the Avengers, he basically points out the fact of which one are you have, I killed you before. So he just kills Avengers. He's supposed to be that tough. And at the end of it, all you do is affirm the fact that that fight didn't matter because there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Kings and it doesn't matter. 
And really the next story plot that you're going to get for this is more than likely going to come from Loki season two. So, uh, and, and on top of that, Disney's just announced that Disney's panicking right now, listeners. And, uh, Disney's basically just announced that everything within season, within phase five has been put onto coming soon. Things that had solid timeframes of when they were supposed to come out have all been moved to coming soon. They have no clue what they're doing with this franchise. Endgame was it. So if you're still hanging on to something being good in the MCU, all I can tell you is that maybe Guardians will be good. Maybe after Ant-Man 3, I'm, I have less. Uh, I don't feel as confident in uh, Volume 3 for Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, maybe Spider-Man will be good. That the only the only bright spot in all of phase four was Spider-Man. So aside from that, I saw Scream Six. That was awesome. Uh, that is the most aggressive ghost face they have ever had. And it is intense in some moments. It is really good. Uh Enjoyed that a lot. I thought that uh, I thought that was a good that was a really good time. It's absolutely worth your time in the theaters. If you want to go, if you're if you're a Scream fan, absolutely go see it in theaters. Uh, I will be buying that date one. So, um, I did finish uh, Carnival Row season three uh, unknowingly, as uh, it leaves <laughs> off with no Carnival Row season two cliffhangers. Uh, doesn't tie anything two. up. Huh? Yeah, season it's, two. It's only Sorry. season two. Yeah, my bad. Uh, there, there is no season, season three, three, and there will be no season three <laughs> unless they pull off like a Deadwood thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, honestly, season or season, I almost called it season three again. Uh, <laughs> season two is honestly easily missable. Um, sadly, uh, the first one was a, a lot more gritty, and uh, this one is still well acted. I mean props to everybody that was in it but it's it slowly became a a a wall of just drama and not mm. necessarily good drama but still better than cw <laughs> not progress not really yeah. progressive storytelling yeah there's no no story progression no character progression for pretty much the entirety of the season and that doesn't make for a good story yeah that's unfortunate um so honestly i can't recommend it if you watch it, know what yourself you're getting yourself into. You have very low expectations because you're not going to get anything tied up for you. Okay. Um, it's very disappointing. Uh, in all reality, probably should have just left it at season one. Sadly. <laughs> so. Uh, other than that, uh, I think the only thing I've been watching has been YouTube and. I've been on a kick of watching uh, Legends of Avantris, and uh, those guys are fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I don't. It's funny you say you've been stuck on YouTube because so have I, but mine have mostly been stuck on the back rooms. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just uh, fun stuff to explore. Oh yeah. So uh, if you're looking for something to throw on, you you enjoy at least D and D to an extent because I'm sure there's plenty of D and D players that don't like. Uh, <laughs> Legends of Avantras because there's been basically no combat the entire playlist that I've been watching. It's Although, just yeah, funny I will say shit. Though, listeners, I have heard him laugh very loud while he's watching it multiple times. So yeah, 
uh, easily to to me easily way more uh, funny than uh, Critical Role. Uh, but Critical Role actually plays the game. They actually way go more funny, combat far less combat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna and they're still going through the the campaign that I started. So. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to not have, you know, fucking, I don't even know how many hours of content to catch up on with Critical Role versus this. Yeah. So, uh, definitely worth a watch, though. All right. Well, listeners, I think that's all we have for you this week. Uh, we really do appreciate you listening to us. Uh, please tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. And when I say that, I, I truly do mean it. We have no social media presence because social media is is the devil. Yeah. I almost deleted my Facebook the other day. <laughs> Again. We've, we've, yeah, we've, we've all come <laughs> so freaking close. Like, if we could get our entire group over to Discord and only Discord, like talking off of that, yeah. even even messaging off of that, I think I would instantly get rid of Facebook. Yeah. Just I, like, I, I even started getting ready to, like, back up all of my photos from Facebook because I got, like, the yeah. pictures of the dogs and stuff like that uh, that I don't have anywhere else. Yeah, I was getting ready to find a way to back all that up onto the computer, uh, so I didn't lose it. And I was like, "It's not worth the effort right now." <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I can think. I can only think of one reason to ever have Facebook right now, and that's uh, to keep track of my uh, my extended family. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, listeners. Like I said, we, we have no social media presence, so tell your friends about us. You can tell them whether or not you hate us. Like You can say, these guys are fucking full of shit. I hate everything about them. They're so fucking negative all the goddamn time. And you know what? I wouldn't be negative if the industry would just stop being so shitty. <laughs> this is Vargo. And Miles. Keep on geeking on, and we're out. And just a quick little insert, Vargo, since I wasn't here for it. <laughs> Lizard Z thinks I'm going to insert this. I, I'm just going to leave it here. Since uh, for the... Uh game of the year kind of so it wasn't game of the year but you you know what you were shooting to do uh the only thing i'm gonna say is uh hard space shipbreaker i still enjoy playing the fuck out of it that game's great <laughs> and it's still on game pass highly recommend <laughs>